This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young, and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep, or perhaps to give you nightmares. Most people are familiar with the disappearance of Madeline McCann, the little girl who went missing from her hotel room while she was enjoying a vacation with her family in Portugal. However, fewer know of Mary Boyle, a six-year-old little girl who vanished while visiting her grandparents' home in Ireland. She had been playing outside with her twin sister, her big brother, and her cousins when she began to follow her uncle over to the neighbor's house. However, when they reached a patch of field that was waterlogged, Mary turned back home. Within the next 10 minutes, Mary's mother realized that she wasn't with her uncle and she was no longer playing outside of the home. She was missing, with no trail left behind indicating where she had gone or what may have happened to her. Over the last 46 years, there have been several theories, including that she may have been another victim of a convicted child killer or a local predator. There have also been allegations of interference in the investigation by politicians, which has halted any progress in this case. The mystery of what happened to little Mary Boyle has caused a huge rift in her family, and it remains unsolved to this day. So, let's jump right in. Mary Boyle was born on June 14, 1970, to her parents Anne and Charlie in Birmingham, England. She was an identical twin to sister Anne, sharing an unbreakable bond that could not be destroyed, even in death or disappearance. Mary also had an older brother named Charlie, who was born just a few years prior to the twins. Mary has been described by her mother as a carefree child who was kind and considerate of others. When Mary was six years old, she lived with her parents and her siblings in the very small village of Kincasla, which was home to less than 50 residents. At the time of her disappearance, the family was visiting Mary's grandparents' dairy farm, which was located approximately 25 kilometers away in the remote town of Cachelard. And by the way, I'm going to try my very best to pronounce these areas properly, but the Irish dialect is really difficult for this Canadian. It was March 18, 1977, the day after St. Patrick's Day. 
Mary and her family were visiting with her grandparents on the anniversary of the death of her uncle, who had tragically died 10 years prior in a farming accident. The family farm was located on a really remote hillside. Inside the home, the adults were getting ready for dinner, while Mary, her twin sister Anne, and her big brother Charlie played with their cousins outside in the yard. That day, Mary wore a knitted cardigan and her trousers, with her beautiful long hair pulled back and tied with ribbons. One of the last things that her mother remembers her saying to her was, Mom, I forgot to kiss you this morning, and then she threw her arms around her mother's neck and gave her a big kiss before heading outside to play. While the kids were running around, Mary's uncle Jerry Gallagher was working on the roof of the house. When he was finished, he planned to walk to the neighbor's house to return the ladder that he had borrowed. The neighbors only lived about 400 yards away, so it was only about a five-minute walk, but he would have to cross the bog. It was around 3.45 p.m. in the afternoon when Jerry began to walk to the neighbors, and little Mary, she decided that she wanted to follow him there. However, when they reached a patch of the path that was waterlogged, her uncle told her to go back to the house because she wasn't dressed properly and she'd get wet. After returning the ladder and chatting a little bit, Jerry returned from the neighbors at around 4.30 p.m., none the wiser that little Mary had not returned home as he had asked her to. It wasn't until Mary's mother, Anne, looked out the kitchen window and noticed that she was no longer playing with her siblings and cousin that the family realized she was missing. Anne would say, quote, I looked out the front door. The rest of the children were playing in a thicket in the front garden. Mary was not there. My brother Jerry was fixing a stone wall in front of the house. I asked him, did he see Mary? He didn't answer. He must not have heard me. Ten minutes later, I asked, did anyone see Mary? And Jerry shot off in his car down the road. I remember in desperation asking my mother to light a candle. I shook holy water all over the place. I felt so panicky, and I remember I ran out to the rocks shouting and crying. I hoped and prayed that God would protect her. When Jerry came back to the house, he said that she had followed him earlier to the Collie's house and that she had turned back. I got into the car and drove along the road in different directions. It was a nightmare. Mary had seemingly disappeared during a walk back to the house that should have only taken her about five minutes. What makes this even more strange is just how remote the area surrounding the farm is. Other than a few modest homes in the vicinity, there isn't much else other than bogs and farmland, and there certainly aren't many travelers on the road leading towards the house. Because mobile phones didn't exist at the time, and the family didn't have any phones in the house, they couldn't just call the police to report Mary as missing. The family retraced Mary's steps, which would have been heading toward Loch Comsill. It was there that they flagged down a group of fishermen who were out in a boat to ask them if they could let the police know that Mary Boyle was missing when they went back into the town. In the meantime, the family walked around in the dark, calling out her name and looking everywhere that they could amongst the brush and near the bog, but there was not a single trace of her. It was as if she had never been there at all. 
They asked the handful of people who were in the area at the time that Mary went missing, and there just so happened to be a local fisherman who claimed that he saw Mary being put into a red car before the car sped away. Unfortunately, this would turn out to be a false sighting. The fisherman, he would later admit that he never actually saw Mary being put in the car, but he did see a red vehicle that he believed looked suspicious. So this tip, it would end up being a dead end. The police would arrive at the farm to take the report and to assist with the search at around 6 p.m. that evening. Word about missing little Mary Boyle spread quickly, and people from the nearby towns drove over to see if they could assist with the search. They began to check any outhouses, any off-buildings that they could find, but no sign of Mary. Over the next few weeks, a helicopter would be deployed, canine units would be used, and a scuba diving team would even check the bodies of water in the area. Mary's family never believed that she ended up in the water, because the last time that anyone had saw her, she had been eating a bag of crisps, which she likely still had on her at the time she disappeared. The thought was that if she had gone into the lake, the bag of crisps would have floated to the top, but there was no bag of crisps floating on top of any water. This was a huge search effort, particularly for such a small village, but after weeks and weeks of searching, Mary did not turn up. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors Chef Crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, 
Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. With no clues as to what may have happened to Mary, her parents and her siblings had to return to their hometown without their little girl. Her mother Anne would say, quote, There was days I thought I wouldn't be able to get up out of bed, but I did. It was overwhelming, the whole thing. As the days went on, it got worse and worse. I'll never forget that journey down without her. It was shocking. Mary's disappearance would weigh heavily over her family. To have your little girl simply vanish and not have any answers at all, it was a cruel fate. Her father, Charlie, couldn't summon the strength to even speak of his missing daughter for many years. It was just too painful. And 17 years after she went missing, Charlie was killed in a tragic fishing accident. Mary's mother, Anne, is simply grateful that he was wearing a life jacket the day that he died because unlike in Mary's case, they were able to recover his body. Mary's twin sister, Anne, described the experience as torturous, though she added that she always felt her sister with her. That twin connection could not be broken. No one wanted to believe that Mary had been killed, but as the years passed with no answers, it could not be denied that the likelihood she was still alive after all the years was very low. While there was no evidence like DNA, video footage, or actual witnesses, there were more than enough rumors to go around. The leading theory has been that she was taken by convicted serial killer Robert Black, who specifically targeted children. Black was only a teenager when he began to prey on young girls, but he would grow up to be one of the worst child predators in all of Britain's history. Black worked as a delivery driver, which meant that he did a lot of traveling to places like North Ireland as part of his job. This would give him access to little girls all over the United Kingdom. One of his victims was nine-year-old Jennifer Cardi, who went missing in the summer of 1981, four years after Mary vanished. Her body would be discovered in an old flax dam a week after she had been taken. She had been sexually assaulted, and Black had tried to set the body on fire to try to destroy any evidence. 
Unfortunately, it would take 30 years to finally be able to link Black to Jennifer's murder once DNA technology had finally advanced enough. Meaning, Robert Black had a really long time to continue hurting little girls before he was finally caught. In October 2011, Robert Black was sentenced to 25 years in prison for the abduction, rape, and murder of four girls who were between 5 and 11 years old. However, he died in January of 2006 behind bars after only serving five years, taking any answers he may have held to the grave with him. It was only after Black had been caught for Jennifer's murder that the police would potentially connect him to Mary's disappearance, which unfortunately was just far too late for there to be any remaining evidence. It has been confirmed that, as part of his delivery job, he would have visited areas near the farm and the Boyle family home. So again, she may have been specifically targeted. Besides Robert Black, Jerry Gallagher, Mary's uncle and the last person to see her alive, was also looked at as a possible suspect. This certainly did cause a rift in the family, and opinions were very mixed. Though Jerry was never named specifically, Mary's twin sister, Anne, has always said that she believed she knew who Mary's killer was, and so did her mother. Anne has alleged that Mary was being sexually abused, and she was killed to hide the crime. In a recent documentary, she would say, quote, I believe that Mary had a secret, and because Mary was feisty, Mary would have told. So I believe Mary had to be killed to stop her from telling. Uh, I've spoken that person on at least on a number of occasions but on at least three occasions that person told me that she knew who the person was that murdered Mary that's right uh, someone that was known to me and Mary um, told me that um, they knew what had happened to Mary and that um, they knew the identity of the killer uh, I was told uh, 77 and I had my own ideas about it. I, I didn't point a finger, but I had my own thoughts on it, like everybody else had. And uh, somebody very close to Mary in 1980 told me that they knew what happened Mary and they knew who murdered her. In 1994, that same person told me again, and there was a little bit more added on to it. Publicly, Mary's mother has always denied knowing who killed her daughter, which again has caused a rift in the relationship between her and Mary's twin sister, Anne. There were many years that the pair just didn't even communicate. They just did not see eye to eye. Anne would say, quote, it's very tough. I should be able to talk to my mother, but at the minute, I can't. A few people have tried to patch us up, but it's not happening at the minute. Sadly, this happens a lot in families where there is a missing person and just no answers. They begin to kind of point the finger at each other and wonder if someone is hiding something or protecting someone. Jerry Gallagher died just this past year after a brief illness, but he has never claimed to know what happened to Mary or to have been involved in her disappearance. 
Many believe that he took the answers with him to the grave, just like Robert Black. After reading the news of his passing, those who believed he was guilty of something flocked to Facebook to share their sentiments. One user wrote, I am fuming that he didn't have to face justice on earth or reveal where Mary is. Another wrote, If he knew something, I hope he left a note. If he was guilty, God will be the judge now. And then there is the theory that an unnamed local man was behind Mary's disappearance and ultimate murder. This man was questioned by the police back in 1977 when Mary first vanished, though his name has never been released. One detective who worked on the case and was involved in interviewing this man would later say that he truly believed this man was the killer. However, it is alleged that local politicians interfered with police efforts and basically halted the investigation into this person. One of the detectives would say that he felt like he only needed an hour more with a suspect and he would have had a confession, but he was pushed to stop. Police officer Aidan Murray claimed he was in the middle of the interrogation and felt as if he was getting close to the truth. However, a phone call came in that would basically put a stop to everything. Murray would say, The result of that phone call is that certain people weren't allowed to be interviewed and it was all hands off. The sting went out of the whole investigation after that. It has been 46 years since Mary Boyle vanished. Her body has never been found, though at this point it is presumed that she is dead. No one has ever been charged with her abduction or murder. Her mother, Anne, still holds on to hope that her daughter is still alive, that perhaps on that afternoon, she made it to the road and was picked up by someone who has been treating her kindly all of these years. It's the only way that she's been able to get out of bed and live each day without her missing daughter. But Mary's twin sister, Anne, firmly believes the opposite that Mary was killed to hide a secret that she was being sexually abused by a close family member and that this was a known secret within the family. Police say that while they have continued to try to collect new evidence over the years, what they really need is for someone to come forward with the missing piece to this case. And hopefully that happens while Mary's mother and twin sister are still alive because this tragedy has completely torn their family apart, with everyone just wanting to know what happened to Mary Boyle that day. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. Did you know I also have a Serial Napper true crime discussion group? It's called Serial Society, and I'll have the link in my show notes. I'd love to chat with you about this case and all of the other cases that I cover. You can find my audio on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I post all of my episodes in video format over on YouTube, so go check it out. And if you're watching on YouTube, I would love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Every little bit helps. I'm over on X, formerly known as Twitter, which is not dead despite what you may hear, at Serial underscore Napper. I post things on TikTok at Serial Napper Nick. Until next time. Sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.